started on time which means that the gen z is oh that's right and mm-hmm. we didn't whine or complain about anything i know <laughs> yeah the tea's not too cold or hot yeah not too much gluten we've taken care of all the food allergies <laughs> there there's there's enough lead in my paint <laughs> <laughs> which is why we have the problems that we have right <laughs> We didn't give a shit with that water fountain tube's head in. We drank that water. The bitterness was flavor. Tainted with just a little bit of cancer to make you strong. <laughs> Three-time survivor. Uh, so why are we talking about generations? Well, our big topic tonight, even though poor Ben isn't here with us again, is we're going to be talking a little bit about a Generation Z. Asking ourselves, you know, is this generation, the the coming of age, the coming of our generation, are they the easiest or most uh, challenging generation to grow up with? So we're going to opine on that a little bit. And if you didn't know, um, Dave has had, what, three bourbons before this? Uh, Two bourbons. (laughs) Doubles, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, So I'm ready to roll. Third would be a nap. (laughs) Yeah. And it's fucking Friday night, so... (laughs) perfect yeah i'm just rolling right now so yeah we're gonna talk and again it's it's the holiday season our availability is kind of strained right now isn't it you're working 60 hours a week at least yep Um, i'm not working at all right now (laughs) fucking got that and is on a whirlwind um holiday tour with his family up in um i believe lima ohio Ohio. yeah i he called me the other day and he said Lima and like he texted me, he said going to Lima, which I was like, Oh, you're going to Lima. Okay. And then he, then he pronounced it Lima and I was like, Oh, well fuck that place. <laughs> so that is going to go to Versailles in Montana, Indiana. <laughs> There's a, a place in Omaha, Nebraska that um, it's pronounced Papillion. But they uh-huh. literally have a butterfly on their water tower for its papillon, which means right. butterfly in French. <laughs> but it's Papillion, Nebraska. Papillion, motherfucker. We ain't Eurocentric. We're Midwest. But we'll keep the butterfly. <laughs> we'll keep the butterfly. We'll keep the, <laughs> we'll keep the symbol and the spelling. <laughs> We're not good at either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, so, if, if you've listened to FDR's wheelchair for a while, you know that for the longest time it was about uh, just trying to cram in as many funny news stories as we possibly can do. And even though we haven't abandoned that idea, we're more on to like bigger, deeper topics with more analysis um, with the dick jokes on top. Oh, yeah, we'll sprinkle them wherever we can. We're going to sprinkle them wherever. The, I, the 
Wait, wait, guys. I just want to tell you that um, Dave's not here in uh, the basement studio with me tonight. So he's on Zoom. So when I logged into Zoom, I literally logged into his titties. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah. yeah and he, he sent me a message. Am I like, shirtless? Oh, my. He's like, you're going to enjoy logging in. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> and he kept it there for a good five minutes. <laughs> You like it. Oh, yeah, I loved it. So. <laughs> took me two minutes to love it, so that's right. <laughs> it took a, a little bit of uh, analysis. <laughs> <laughs> that mole's looking weird. <laughs> oh, it's cancer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So, but before we get on to our conversation about uh, Generation Z, we, we've got to talk about... Uh, and his latest scheme to basically just make money. Yeah. Um, so I don't know where you were, Dave, when you, you found this out. Because I texted you kind of late at night. At like I nine, found out when you texted me. Oh, at 9.30? Yeah. <laughs> in the morning when I text you. <laughs> yeah, 5 a.m. Love those texts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to sleep. Ding. <laughs> Oh, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I think it was actually quite later than that. But anyway, I knew Donald Trump had said, I have a special announcement. And I thought maybe oh, it's going to be something about his campaign. As yeah. me and 95% of the world thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe a running mate. Maybe something that he's going to reveal about anything to do with his campaign. Anything. I didn't really care, so I, I wasn't, like, looking at my phone for updates or anything. So, I get off work, and I'm driving home, and I put on another podcast that I'm listening to, and they tell me all about it. So, his announcement was that he's releasing NFTs. Do you know what an NFT is, Dave? Yes, I do. Explain. <laughs> what I do know about NFTs and Donald's Trump cards is that oh you gave away, I haven't announced what it is yet oh, I'm sorry explain the NFT so similar to crypto it's like a digital answer to like um, something that's collectible like artwork it it yeah, you're on the right track. So uh, NFT is non-fungible token. So it is like a piece of artwork, or so they claim, that nothing can, it can't be replicated because it has a digital signature. Uh-huh. And that digital signature is backed up through the blockchain. Um, so it link. can't be forged because it's on zillions of computers throughout the blockchain. Yeah. So uh, we're not going to explain the blockchain because that'll, that'll take a while. But yeah, it, it's, <laughs> right? so it's a, um, an original piece of anything like artwork or, or uh, like a picture or anything like that, kind of like cryptocurrency. So like if I give you a picture of you sucking my dick. Which there I, is. Well, well, there's several, but I can, I can put that one and 
link it to a blockchain and say, hey, Dave, this is your piece of artwork. This is your NFT of you sucking my, my dick. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that would be backed up on the blockchain that no one else could have that. Or if they created it, it again, it's, it's a scam. I'm going to put that out. Right. It's a scam because anybody could just copy that and paste it into their desktop or whatever. Right. And, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and have that, but the original would always be what I gave you because it's backed up by the blockchain. See, that's why our generation likes fucking tangible assets. <laughs> right, right. I should be able to give you the negative. And be like, here, and then, you know, <laughs> here, <Right>. Hugh Hefner, <laughs> these are my tits. <laughs> but it's a scam in the way that just because it's backed up that you have the original doesn't mean like a copy doesn't exist. It'd be like, okay, you have, all right, I'm put it in, in terms that you understand, Dave. So if you have a Playboy and you I understand you get, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get the centerfold and you take a picture of it with your Polaroid, you have Miss January's tits in your oh, hand. No, you've never had that, but anyway. In my right hand. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so you're like, I've got this. So anybody can do that to an NFT. But the NFT says, but there's only one Miss January foldout that's official. Do you understand, Dave? Yes. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) So it'd be like if Playboy was like, all right, I only have one Playboy for 2022 for December ever. And this is it. This is the original. And you can prove that's the original because it has all the watermarks, all the copies, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. That's what the blockchain certified. That's the original. However, you can make all the, the copies that you want. No, and you can't. You can tell, but who fucking cares? Because you have Dave's titties in your hand. So it's all <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, it's a scam. Absolute yeah. scam. Mm-hmm. So, like going back to tangible assets, it doesn't exist. Right, right, yeah. So, do you do you want to tell our listeners, or should I? You go ahead and tell the listeners, <laughs> but you know more exactly what this is. But it's pretty so, goddamn fun. So yesterday, Donald Trump had a major um, announcement to make. Um, most of he us put thought, it out there like it was going to be something really, really. Big. Yeah, yeah, like like we said. Um, about his campaign or, or anything, he has NFTs that he literally described as trading cards. So it's him with artist impressions, kind of like a comic book in different poses. And his main one is that he is dressed up in a superhero outfit shooting lasers out of his eyes. And this isn't a joke. I'm not joking. No, it's real. You should see these. They're hilarious. And they got um, under fire because 
a lot of the poses are taken out of men's catalogs for clothes. <laughs> so, like, yeah, there's one where he has, like, a, a long jacket on, and they put the side-by-sides of a men's catalog, and it's the exact same thing, but with his face superimposed. This man is running for the second time for presidency. So if you don't have, if you haven't seen um, Donald Trump's trading NFTs, look them up. And for only ninety nine dollars, you could buy one of yes, and they're ninety nine dollars each. That's it. You can put it on layaway. <laughs> Does it come Fuck. with that little stick of? You bubble said gum? you said layaway. I haven't heard that <laughs> term in fucking twenty Fuck years. Yeah, buy now, pay later, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they call it now. They call it buy now, pay later. Yeah, yeah. I I heard a whole thing about that the other day. Because you know that means you're poor. (laughs) I heard a whole thing about that the other day. And they're like, oh, yeah, uh, people are doing this buy now, pay later. And I was like, oh, that was called layaway back when I was a kid. That's how I got Christmas presents. (laughs) We used to make fun of each other as kids. Like, you'd have some new pair of shoes and be like, damn, how long did Mama put them on layaway? (laughs) Right, right, right. She did, man. She bought them with real money. I was there. I saw it. I used to love layaway. We used to, um, we would go to, to the uh, big military base down south in England, and my mom would be like, what, what do you want? So we'd go in the summer, and she'd be like, so what do you want? And I'd be like, I want that, that, that for Christmas. And she'd put on layaway, and the great day was when we'd go collect it from layaway. It was awesome. So your mama had to put layaway on duty-free shit, motherfucker? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Loved it. That's how we got Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> we gotta come up with some jokes now. Grandpa's so poor. <laughs> um, you can't make fun of me because we were in the military then. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. You weren't in the military. I wasn't. No, no. But I had to have military layaway. <laughs> it was great. I, I, used to, I was like, this is the greatest yeah. thing ever. Because, <laughs> because my mom was like, "Yeah, you can totally have that layaway." <laughs> I was like, "Yes, get a new jacket, six months." <laughs> you put that shit on the calendar. <laughs> I do. I actually do remember getting a jacket on layaway. It was great. Fucking cold in England. <laughs> six months later, I was warm. Had to wait. <laughs> Looking, waiting for the school bus and a t-shirt. You get used to the cold. <laughs> it's not really cold there. It's just forty-five always. Forty-five, rainy and windy. Yeah. So it's like that really annoying where you're like, if it's below that, you prepare. But when it's that, you're like, oh, I can get away with a hoodie. Oh fuck, the hoodie's wet. Fuck, now I'm wet. Fuck. All right, well, I just need to get inside. Oh, oh, they put the radiator under the fucking drafty window. Great. So it's cold in here, too. Oh, it's leaking inside. Great. So I might as well be outside. Hmm. Why are 200-year-old buildings still existing? Oh, because we don't want to change a fucking thing. England! Yay! We still cry about a monarch that's 1,700 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get it. <laughs>
<laughs> layaway. <laughs> I don't want to put something on layaway. That's, well, it's like the English government on layaway. <laughs> we'll put democracy layaway. <laughs> or buy now, pay letter, whatever it is. <laughs> we'll have a real prime minister in 60 years. <laughs> I can make fun of England all day. This is great. It gets like easy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, NFT. Our chefs will put flavor. <laughs> <laughs> we call it meat mush. <laughs> <laughs> Salt on layaway. <laughs> <laughs> we bought pastry from the French on layaway. <laughs> Ben's so pissed right now. <laughs> we still preserve our shit with salt because we still think it's fucking medieval times. <laughs> it's in the barrel, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. anyway, back to Donald Trump and his fucking NFT. Yeah, back to his fucking baseball cards. Yeah, no, they they literally are like it's cartoon yeah. uh, poses of Trump in different outfits, and they're he called them trading cards. So I'm not going to play you the ad, but he was like, so it's your favorite president, your most favorite president, the president that you think is better than Lincoln and Washington. And he talks about his trading cards. And then he, he says, he talks about the trading card. And there's prizes. Like, I guess certain ones have certain prizes. So you can have dinner with them. And he, he literally said, I don't know how much that's worth, if it's worth anything at all, or how much you'd appreciate that. <laughs> and then he uh, auctions away uh, Zoom meetings and one-on-ones with them and uh, golf with your friends at one of his properties. I just had this thought. I mean, I was talking about things being worth something because they have back tangible assets. Trump has never had tangible assets. This is consistent with what he fucking does. It's a grip. It is. Yep. He is. He, he might be one of the most successful grifters of all time in American history. Yeah. And guess what? They're sold out. Oh, yeah. 45,000 of them in a day. Yeah. So it, it's, it's unreal. Right. Like, it, it's really crazy. He sold out of them. Trading cards. Baseball cards, basically. Basically, that's what it is. <laughs> it's like... What? I don't, I don't get it. Like, a former president who's now running for president is selling baseball cards of himself. It's like the value of the Bill Buckner card after the air of the next. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's just like that. Yeah. And it, it, uh, it's. It, it shows is. desperation. It just shows this level of narcissism. Almost a psychosis, and people are tired of it. What did Steve Bannon say about this? Did He's he say done. something? I'm done. Like, I'm done. I've had plenty of this. I'm yeah. This fucking Bannon. He's nuts. <laughs> he is nuts. Yeah. Right. Um. Oh my god. What, let Let's see if I can find it. What is Steve? NFL. NFT. Steve Bannon. I'm gonna see what exactly he said. And our listeners can look it up too while we're looking. 
I can't watch this. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Steve Bannon mocks Trump. NFT sale says aid should be fired. <laughs> That's Steve Bannon. Right. And if you don't know who Steve Bannon is, I'm sure you do. Look at a picture of the son. <laughs> You'll be reminded. Yeah, his double shirt. Oh, I forgot about the double shirt. Yeah. The double button. The double button, long sleeve button. Now. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I never understood. How, first of all, how he can wear that. And second of all, what's the point? Yeah, I don't know. Is it like. Is he just comfortable in it? Is it symbolic? I, I, mm. I, I don't know. We, I, it can't be comfortable. No, it can't be comfortable. I should ask Alfred. He'd probably be a double down button shirt. He definitely has an opinion on it. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Whether he wears it or not. Like, oh, my. Oh, I am not C. Bannon, Woof. Dad. <laughs> Woof. Woof. <laughs> I, did, I did tell you. <laughs> earlier today i i kind of feel like alfred i bought a new sweater today and i'm wearing it <laughs> i like it i feel more confident more it looks warm and soft it is very soft and it's very warm <laughs> i found a sweater that i fit into now finally no shit had since the 90s what does it have pearl jam on the back or something <laughs> oh it's got pearl jam on it all right <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> That December pinup you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Eddie Vedder. <laughs> <laughs> it's still starched. Yeah, starched. <laughs> that's right, Amy. <laughs> well, shit, are we done talking about this motherfucker? Yes, yeah. For, yeah. Yeah, please. Please. So, oh, shit. Um... Ben sent us stuff in the email. Oh, he did. Is he it? Did. There's, there's actually one that I didn't actually see. We have to listen to. Should we listen to that one first? We should listen to it first. We're just gonna listen to this. All right. All right. Cool. Say. It. It's called Ben. Ben's thoughts on advocacy then and now. No, we're not no. listening to that one. Jesus. Uh, my best thought. Being an advocate being an advocate today fuck me all right i'm choosing my best thought let's see if that has let's anything. start with my best thought. all right all right cool well one thing i sort of wanted to bring up here uh as you guys okay. were going through this dialogue is have you thought about the idea of just you know go fuck yourselves have you thought about you know if you are really talking about anything that's worthwhile have you just thought to yourselves like wow i'm wasting my time i am withering away in brandon's basement talking about nonsense has that ever even like occurred to you um and if it hasn't uh maybe i can start that dialogue now please proceed to speak about how you are wasting your time and everybody else's okay well um yeah, yeah, that's why we started the podcast, Ben, is to talk about inane shit in my basement. Um, but we're not the ones going to Lima, Ohio. <laughs> I was about to say, man, I put 8,000 miles on my car in the past year for something. 
driven to fucking California and back two and a half times. <laughs> Your basement. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like it's that we're old. Is that we survived, Dave. We oh, survived yeah, this shit. We're still alive. <laughs> yep. So, um, we, we have great friends around the world. We've seen the world. And uh, now we're talking about it in my basement. While, while Dave gives us military-grade edibles. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some for the holiday. Oh, yeah, we got um, to meet up for the holidays at some point. I'm for it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, um, we are definitely um, in it for the 50 listeners that we have. <laughs> 50 an episode. We're starting to grow. We are starting to grow. We are starting to grow. <laughs> so yeah. what about this topic? Generation Z. And Ben poised this question before he went on his whirlwind tour of northern Ohio. Is Generation Z the easiest or the most challenging generation of our time? Or is it somewhere in the middle? Or is it all relative? I... It's a question but where do we even start okay well i i think we we have to analyze oh we're going we're going depth baby oh we're going in depth we're going balls deep in right the yeah get those titties out dave <laughs> <laughs> oh, i don't have gen z titties <laughs> i have gen x titties gen x titties okay yeah yeah get those 90s titties out <laughs> <laughs> so i i think we have to um well well we have like well, we got, ooh, ooh, we got for like 40 minutes left. We got plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. So I think we have to kind of analyze what's been going on with our generation, what's been going on now, and the reaction, and how you can get away from it, or how you can engage with it. So do you, is that something that we can work with, Dave? Like, how, back when you were a kid, how you could engage, or how you can pull back from society? And then yeah. I'll talk about how I could do it and then how we can do it now. That sounds like a good okay. path. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So um, let's bring up, god damn, in the email, it literally says Ben's thought. <laughs> yeah, right. Of course, we have to, of, he has to be validated. It's just not listening to his thoughts, but we have to validate. Well, now we'll yep. get his fucking participation trophy out. All right. All right. Here's the first one. I haven't actually heard this one. <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to it, Dave. Neither have I, and I'll probably just listen to it one time. So. <laughs> right. All right. Here it goes. This is the first one. I think one really interesting thing I find about this idea about passion in terms of what people choose to do with uh, speech and what they choose to do with actions. Um, I, I feel as though passion really is backed up by two things, and that is information. It's also backed up with action. Um, and the I think that's what makes hot. passion The latte is too hot. Yeah, you think one. about that in the past, you think of traits like Malcolm X, MLK, you know, FDR, um, you know, all those people who were informed um, because they knew they had to be to show the world the passion about what they were fighting for. Now, 
think that's what makes is this a sustainable paint cart? I think he's dangerous. drunk on the highway. Because he's highway there's drunk. There's a lot of people out there that take action. But when they do take action, their information is very limited. Though they believe that their information is bountiful. And that's really where my concern comes from, is this whole concept of, okay, what does it mean? Oh, it keeps going. To be <laughs> advocates. What the fuck is he talking passionate about? Advocate in the world now. Because it seems like back oh, then you needed to be somebody who spent a long time in the library, a long time on the streets. It's just part of the 40 minutes left on the Zoom. Yourself and what you <laughs> wanted to know. And then all you had to do was bring that passion to what you were talking about. Now. It seems like anybody who is willing to press play can have that same exact or pause platform. <laughs> Should they be treated just the same? All right, all right. So let's. Uh, I think I understand. I have an inkling of what he was trying to say. So I think what he is trying to say is that. Back before, you had to listen to speakers who had researched and developed their message. So, um, like, you and I would go out after reading books and stuff and kind of portray our message and hone it in. Kind of like a stand-up comedian where we... Because if, because if your message didn't have any backing, then it was immediately invalidated. And there was someone to fill that void. It was limited access. It was um, it, it wasn't open to everything and everybody at any time for any reason. Correct, and it was it what you couldn't immediately respond, so you had to digest okay. it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where he's going with that. And nowadays, you can literally make a YouTube video after watching what somebody says, or you can go on Twitter. And be like, he's dumb. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Blah, 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 blah. But there's no time to process. Because if you take the time to process, you're going to be behind the eight ball to respond. And then nobody's going to listen to you. So the more intellectual points, the more well-thought-out points, are the ones that get lost in the shuffle of all of Or you don't even listen at all. Like, um, when I read yeah. a book, I don't know if... I, I kind of think you are like me, Dave. Is when I read a book... I read a chapter and then I have to put the book down and I think about the chapter. Oh yeah. And I'm like, Oh fuck. Okay. This, these were the points that were brought up. Mm-hmm. Where are we going? I wonder what, what's happening. Okay. Then I pick up the book again and I start reading. And, and sometimes I have to pause and reread just yeah. so. I'm oh yeah. Seeing it from the same angle, same mm-hmm. time. Right. So, um, and I watch a lot of YouTube as well. And I, I don't do that with YouTube. Like, I watch it and I get, oh, this, blah, 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 this, so-and-so. Yeah, we all fall victim to it. Mm-hmm. We all participate. Yeah. And then we watch uh, reaction videos. <laughs> it's weird. I'm, you hear of, like, a book getting criticized or, like, a critic talking about a book. But never before have we had the um, ability to watch a critic 
react to a book as they're reading it, which on YouTube is exactly what happens. They, you can watch somebody react to a, a music, to a book, to um, something that happens, and it, it's kind of a weird thing because you're watching in real life. They haven't had the chance to fully take it in. So if you're reading, like, like uh, okay, I have James Joyce right here, Ulysses. That's a fucking weird-ass book. And I hated it the first time I read through it. I had to read it again. And again, I read it three times through before I was like, actually, this is pretty fucking good. But I didn't have someone filming me as I read it the first time. Which is a weird way to digest something that's groundbreaking so it could be groundbreaking but we just treat it like it's mcdonald's got it yep okay kind of satisfied third away yeah next (laughs) and then content bombardment and 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 from the generational perspective this isn't like this isn't something that gen z's created they're a victim of they're they're the first of a natural progression of technology. I mean, it's not a generational fault per se. It's just this natural progression of they've never been exposed to anything else. It's really brand new. It is. And it, it, it's kind of sad because when I first read um, Ulysses, it, I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, I, I, I can't even wrap my brain around this. Mm-hmm. Um. But that, then I, I <clears throat> as part of this generation, I should just toss it out. So you have, unless it's reactionary nowadays, it doesn't yeah. get the traction or right. it, it, and then it's like, it just fades away. So right. you have to have something sensational, which is, mm-hmm. um, I mean, look at the Jenner. It's like, oh, my ass is so big. I put a fucking champagne uh, glass on it and I could squirt champagne in it. <gasps> I broke the internet. Like, oh, fuck, well, okay. Literary genius right here, okay. Or you have yay? Is it yay or ye? We never... I think it's yay. Yeah, Everybody okay. Ye, yeah. But then it so, it's like, I like, he good. says, I like Hitler. Yeah. And it's reactionary. He's like, oh, my God. Um, and it's like, well, now go away. Because your argument means nothing. Um, and I, I think that the generation now is going to struggle having people that are able to write literary, literary um, significant to stick around. Because you have people like Elon Musk be like, well, I bought Twitter. I'm a fucking genius. Like, okay. But write something that actually is substantial and changes life. I don't think they're in this generation, like a George Orwell could even be successful. And it's kind of sad. And it, it, I think it hurts us a lot because George Orwell um, spans generations. <clears throat> but, oh, but then again, he was kind of sensational with his um, War on the Worlds thing where he went on radio and convinced mm-hmm. people that aliens were invading. So maybe I'm talking full of shit. Well, I mean, we, we know it, I'm it, talking it, full of shit, it, but... <laughs> right, 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 right. But the whole premise of the why had deep meaning. It was sensational, but it had that level of 
thought and analysis. But uh, uh, yeah, I suppose. And uh, and again, it it was theater. It was um, it took a whole production. Whereas now, is if yeah. it's not fifteen seconds on your phone, then who cares? It's just I I I think our, our our brains also just naturally are not wired and geared to keep up in this way. We're not geared to think this way. We're it's like an internal struggle, and like I like how are we going to evolve? That's a big question. Dang, be like evolution is not real. <laughs> <laughs> but is it going to be like you know? Most people think of evolution as gradual, but this is going to be a, some sort of like a punctuated equilibrium where yeah. there's a massive shift in our brain function and how we access and handle information. And how does that affect our ability to do the real stuff, the real science that takes that deep education analysis to be able to read and thinking skills? I mean, whoa, dude, that, that was pretty good. I like that. Um, I'm going to give you, um, kind of a, uh, example that I had recently is I watched, uh, all quiet on the Western front on Netflix the other day. Now I'm a big fan of the books, one of my favorite books. And I was a big fan of the original movie and they just released a, uh, another movie last year. It's a, a German production of all quiet on the Western front. And it's fantastic, and it's very haunting. But it takes the entire movie, which was only—I think it was two hours and forty-five minutes. But you're—I wa- was watching it. I'm like, hmm. There was some like action bit. I was like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, oh, that's bad. Oh, oh. But it took the entire movie, where I still. It's been about two months since I watched it, and I'm just still thinking about that movie from the beginning to the end, and it's still very, very haunting. But it took my entire concentration to watch almost three hours of a movie, but it's taken three months for me to process it. You hit, yeah, right. Because it takes that much time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 I think sometimes like uh I'll I'll watch TV or I'll watch YouTube or I'll look at Twitter or something like that, and it, it's just very fleeting and stuff. Yeah. But I forget about the times when. Do you remember sitting down and listening to an album? Yeah. And you put an album on, and be like, yeah, listen. Like for me, it was CDs. I know for you, it's probably uh, vinyl. Yeah. <clears throat> Tapes and CDs. Yeah. And uh, you'd listen from beginning to end. And you'd be like, that was an album. Like the yeah. songs flowed into each other. Uh, and it would kind what of, happened? It would take you on a journey. Years ago, songs became tracks. Stop calling them songs. Yeah. They're tracks. Yeah. And, and now you have, um, I think the latest Spotify algorithm I was. Uh, Looking at the other days, you had the chorus as your intro because you want to hook the person as as quickly as possible before they right. get off. Because they trail. move on to the next thing. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's kind of sad because you don't get to listen to an album. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, what's kind of cool, like my son, you know, being a a young Gen Zer, mm-hmm. 
like and other young people that are discovering things like vinyl they've entered a whole new they are just enthralled with it they prefer it they are getting off on it like just the way we are you know and a lot of it like when you're older it's nostalgia too but just the value of what it does for your brain the experience of the art oh yeah yeah and actually experiencing art physical art you know very much i i wasn't part of that generation that i mean i had cds and i had the in covers and on Mm -hmm. cds and i i used to love looking through them and stuff but um i was also part of the generation that got to burn cds so like my buddy could buy a cd and then give it to me which was in my eyes was was pretty good because you could i i I had almost a thousand cds at my my peak Uh, i could never afford a thousand vinyl (laughs) so i got to listen to yeah so i got to listen to a lot more music um but i was at the edge of it where i still got to listen to every album uh Mm -hmm. As you know, Dave, I'm I'm back into like getting to vinyls and and whatnot. So I I really do appreciate that. And where is my fucking vinyl that you said you bought me two weeks ago? That you haven't brought me? It's sitting right over there. <laughs> <laughs> you can come up and get it. <laughs> actually, I, I I'm I, home. <laughs> yeah, I, I might actually but, do that this but week. But again, it's like I it's work not. It's, it's, you know. It has the ability, and, and again, we're just talking about vinyl as an example because we love it. But it's it, it appeals to all of the senses. It's it's the visual, it's the it's the sound, it's the smell of a fucking record, it's the the tactile part of the touch. When you say, "Hey, like I'll be," you know, we were doing Christmas shit the other day, and we had like the Charlie Brown Christmas record. Uh, hey, do you want me to put the record on? And the idea of putting the record on was so much more satisfying in oh. my mind than to turn it on to put the, the music on through like my phone or something. It was a completely different experience because it appealed to every fucking scent. It was amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is different. Human. You get to um, take it in. Like you said, on all senses, like, uh, like when me and my wife, do cleaning whatever in the house we just say hey alexa put this music on and it, it comes yeah. in the background um but i i have a bad habit of like no no i have have a lot of uh classical records that i could put on when i'm cleaning but i have a even worse habit of like okay well i've got mozart uh the symphony right here um i've got yo-yo ma playing uh in a minor right here let's do yo-yo ma today and i get it out and i put it in and I'll start playing it, and I sit down. I'm like, fuck. When his cello got stolen cab like a few years ago? Yeah. Oh. Then I, I, I sit there, and I'm like, yeah. And I get these looks. I'm like, what? You're supposed to be fucking cleaning, dickhead. <laughs> oh. I can just yeah, imagine yeah, you yeah. fluttering around <laughs> with a feather duster with, like, Stravinsky's Firebird Suite. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Ah, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> Why do I have an apron and no pants? <laughs> but yeah, because it, it... wheelchair thing, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> right, but, but the whole thing draws you in. And I understand the, um, the ease and 
the ability to be like, yep, put this on right now. And you go to my car every day. Throw on my mitt, man. Yep. But I think, especially when it comes to news and politics and things like that, they forget with the ease of of just streaming anything to you at that moment, Mm -hmm. you forget that you need to take a moment to step back and realize it all. Like a record. So. so Gen Z, go on Amazon, buy every Bob Woodward book. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Watch some old videos <laughs> of who, who's the English fucker you hate. Um, oh, no, he's not English, but he has an English No, he's the, he's the fake English American um, guy. Yeah, no, I know who you are. Uh, William F. Buckley. Buckley, Buckley, yes. Buckley, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With his fake fucking accent but shit. if you want to be conservative go listen to him because he actually has conservative ideals and he can explain them actual ideas yeah no he's he's very intelligent his ideas are 50 percent wrong but he does have them and when they don't stand up to criticism he does change them mm-hmm. so uh i i definitely recommend listening to um, william f buckley's speeches and uh interviews if you can tolerate that pompous motherfucker. <laughs> but he, there, there, there's been some that where he actually changes his, his values through the interview, and it's, it's pretty cool. And there's sometimes where he, he proves the uh, opposition completely wrong, so that's also cool. Let me just go from Michael to William F. Buckley. <laughs> All right. So back to Ben. <laughs> yeah. Do we have to, Dad? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to. So uh, we did his best thought. Okay, next one is being an Last advocate. One. No, this isn't being an advocate today. All right, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. All right, here we go. A question that I think I have in terms of you now? thinking about advocates too these days and people who are in the realm of politics compared to back then. Do you think there is more to fear than ever before about being an advocate for what's right, even though others are not going to follow what you believe, than it was before? What is the idea of scrutiny? Because I know we can easily say that the idea of scrutiny has to do with the fact that scrutiny comes with violence at times scrutiny comes with oppression in in, in so many ways especially during like the civil rights movement um but that scrutiny now comes from social media which is a type of mental violence that i don't know if you ask me time sounds horrifying the the idea of like being able to look up your name to see that you are being scrutinized the way that you are really has got to affect you know, and, and I wonder, like, you know, if MLK knew or, you know, if, if, if anybody knew what they were doing would give them that type of backlash, would it fuel their fire or would it be something where it wouldn't? And, and I don't know. I, I struggle with that because I feel like the platform of social media can be so strong and powerful and it can also be so artificial at the same exact time. It just sort of depends on what the message is. 
And I wonder if, you know, sometimes advocates would struggle with the idea today, especially of where their message is put. Like, what filter? The, this is stupid bullshit filter, or the, this actually matters type of I don't know. All right, so I, I understand what he's saying there is um, we, have, such, we set, have such instantaneous backlash, but I don't think the, um, the leaders like uh, MLK or even Gandhi or, or someone like that were afraid of it. I think it was almost the purpose of it. So you wanted the backlash. You wanted the attention. You you can go on social media and you can you can say something very fleeting and it gets backlash. You get your upvotes. You get your like. You get your uh, uh, comments um, on social media, and you've created what they call a firestorm now. So you have your Matt Gates, your Marjorie Taylor Greens, your Lauren Boberts or are seen as a firebrand, they're trying to be divisive. They're trying to create something around them. Um, I don't think it was an issue for someone like, because uh, since he brought up MLK, uh, that he was afraid of, I think it was something he embraced, like John Lewis. He wasn't afraid. He wanted to bring the message uh, to a front, it was part of the idea. However, I think what's happening now is that you have someone like Donald Trump, um, uh, um, uh, dickhead in Florida, uh, DeSantis. Sanders. They just want to inflame. They don't want to put an argument that's actually fulfilling. They just want to like create a firestorm get on Fox News, to get CNN mad, to get Rachel Maddow mad, and, and come at them. Um, I think that's the difference, whereas they had a constructive plan. Um, I even think the Black Panthers had a plan where they were going against white cops. Like, no, this is why we're doing it. This is what we're doing, and we want to know why. We want you to know why we're doing this. Whereas now, the why may be lost in the message. It's just how many upvotes can I get mm-hmm. over something? I, I think that's the problem. Um, so you can get 100,000 likes in a 24 hours. But if you take a year to construct your message, is that worth it anymore on social media? Mm-hmm. Um, no. The answer is no. Yeah, is is the march in uh where did where did Martin Luther King march in um no not Tom that's Lewis uh yeah or with Lewis as well uh, mm-hmm. uh Birmingham Alabama yeah yeah is that gonna get your likes your upticks anymore that constructed message I mean he had to go to the churches he had to literally go to the churches and preach to get that going. Nowadays, you can just put online and be like, hey, guys, we're meeting on uh, 5th and Birmingham. Because grassroots will never stop working, but grassroots grassroots is always something that will be the most effective, but it gets you behind today. 
so you're unable to use that which is more effective. Right. Is being in contact with real people and seeing people and talking to people and shaking their hand and physically being where they are has so much power. And that's human. That doesn't go away. But if you go by it that way, and only that way, you, 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 you lose. So you have to kind of find a way to be all things at all times. With technology, you, you can kind of do both. You can. I mean, you see that with, with it. Donald Trump. I mean, he had the big rallies and whatnot. Did he go to those places? Not really. No. He doesn't like those places. But he was, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was seen as a populist president. When before has a, a populist president not challenged or, or gone to the places like, um, uh, I hate to bring up Hitler, but Hitler literally had a plane that he would fly to different parts of Germany. Yeah. Well, Teddy Roosevelt, there. he's perfect. Teddy Ru- absolutely, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, would would fly to places. Mussolini did the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. Stalin didn't, um, but that was a whole different thing. Uh, you get you- a lot more real estate to cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, half the world. It was old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you also have uh, um, other other leaders that would would just go. Uh, um, Lincoln mm-hmm. yeah. was by train all the time. Um, some of his advisors said that he spent too much time traveling. Yeah. Well, Andrew Jackson, the stump speech, he's the inventor of that. Uh, exactly. So it, yeah, uh, being in person, I don't think it, it does, it does have this, uh, je ne sais quoi, this feeling. It's like when you listen to your favorite band. You listen to them on vinyl. We're going back to vinyl, Ben. Fuck you. <laughs> Is there a town in Indiana called Genese Quos? Genese Quos. Yeah, but you have your favorite band, but there's nothing like seeing your favorite band live. Nothing like it. Right. But yeah, it doesn't. So. I, I think um, we, we kind of miss that in this age because a lot of the times you had to build up, build up your following online before you even go out and tour anymore. You know, and then you have these digital concerts. I, I think the pandemic helped with part of yeah. that too. Um, I remember um, my nephew, he was watching, I, I, I don't remember the rapper's name, but he was, it was on Fortnite. I was like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, oh, it's a concert. I'm like, no, it's not a concert. I'm not high and drunk and <laughs> in the middle Slipping of a mosh pit. <laughs> getting in a fight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, no. My concert, no, we never fought, but it's like, this, this isn't a concert. <laughs> Your aunt's not driving me home at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it... it it is a um, symptom of the times, the pandemic, whatnot, mm-hmm. is that you have to have an online presence to be a personal presence now. It used to be the opposite. You have to have a personal presence. Like, think Iggy Pop. Would Iggy Pop be famous without the picture of literally him walking on fans' hands? Right. No. Or him covered in blood and, and sweat? No. It. it 
you have to have the digital presence before you have the physical presence, mm-hmm. which is good and bad. Weird. It's it, good. Yeah. It's weird. It's different. Yeah. It is different because it, then you have um, like artists like uh, I take Lizzo, um, an African American, rather large woman. She got famous through her digital presence before she was seen, mm-hmm. and that's kind of unheard of. Like. Like, would w- in the eighties would she be popular? No, absolutely no. not. She'd be um taking uh, second place to uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, who's doing cocaine lines off his guitar. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> well, I should say. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, in one way, it takes away the body image of these rock stars. Uh. And the '90s and and 2000s were were huge offenders of that. Look at look at the pop stars that were famous back then: Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. I mean, the the right like to talk about uh, 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 drag queens sexualizing kids. I mean, these were 16 year olds, right? Yeah, that were dolled up and put out out there. Um. But now you you can have a digital presence with your music out there, so you you can also get um your music first rather than your image, which is in some ways good, but you have to have that so but if your music's not like catchy in the first fifteen seconds, fuck it gone so uh, I don't know I, I think at the end of the day, kind of going back to what we were saying before. You, you you have to take everything in the context of what is normal, like considered quote normal uh, ways that the human brain works and how it accesses information, processes information, does something with that information, and if what's happening now, I'm not saying it's more unrational than stimulus in previous generations, because I'm sure older generations said the same thing back then, but it's that rapidness of it that is creating this, just this chasm of experience where not is one generation better than the other, but are they able to function, work together, and what does it mean for the next generation? It really just kind of throws a wrench in the evolution of generational change. It seems to be that way. It seems to be the biggest hiccup that has occurred since I've been alive. Yeah. Could be- I, I think it, it um, kind of com- amplifies of what happened to music first being recorded. So you would... Mm-hmm. So, like, if you wanted to go listen to um, one of my favorite bands, the Lawrence Arms, they would have to practice and perform and then book a time at a venue that I could go to, and then I had to get dressed up. I'd have to go and go there. And, it, and that's hours and hours and hours of human resource right there. Um, before you could be recorded, you would have to do that. Now I can just be like, Alexa, play the Lawrence Arms. Actually, she's doing it right now. Alexa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> she's literally starting to play it. <laughs> I want to be on the podcast. Right, right, yeah. Um, but 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 think about that. Like as um, used to be orchestral 
music. So you would they would have to practice and they'd have to professional mu- musicians play. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to get dressed up. It'd take you an hour or two to get dressed up. You'd have to take an hour or two to get there. So that's already four hours. And you have like a two-hour performance and then another hour coming. So it was like six, seven hours just to hear music that you liked. Now you can just do it. I want to listen to 15 seconds of Little Peep. <laughs> it, um, I think it's a challenge for musicians. I don't necessarily, I don't know if it's a bad thing or not. Because before it used to be, well, we'll think of punk rock music. It used to be looked down upon. Oh, anybody can play that. Anybody can do that. It's just angry kids just doing it. But they kind of changed the the music. Um, but now you have it where you can have anybody that can just enter the foray and be like, this is, I don't have to listen to a record executive of what my music is. I'm going to put it out on SoundCloud. I'm going to put it here. Here it is. But at the opposite end, it's like, is it true artistry when it's just 15 second sound clip? That's, that's the positive and negative part of it. And I think that part of music really um, bleeds over into our politics too. It, it's um, sound bite. It, who said the, the funniest thing? It's like when Donald Trump was... Consumption, uh, consumption's consumption, no matter what format it is. And it, it, follow, it, all, it always tends to follow technology and access. Yeah. So that's why there's so many similarity of parallels to those. And it, yeah, and, um, when uh, Donald Trump debated Hillary Clinton, and she put forward this argument that she spent five minutes putting together, and she debated of or his fucking uh criminal history and and how he would implement um uh the doj and stuff and then all he said was because you'd be in jail you had <laughs> a five second sound bite that just destroyed her fucking campaign basically <laughs> and it's like yeah. well no that okay yeah that was clever saying but it doesn't there's no nuance. I think the nuance is taken, it's ripped out of the art. Right, right. Which I think is a little sad. But at it the is. same time, you get a lot of the fluff laid bare. Like, I don't want to hear another fucking 80s hair metal solo. I really don't. <laughs> we should, we, yeah. If God loves us, we've heard the last. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kiss. You can, you can play the same two notes over and over really fast. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Kiss couldn't play fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a double edged sword. So, it is a double-edged sword. It's yeah. In one way, it comes very fast and liberating. It cuts off a lot of the fluff, but on the other side, it it loses a lot of nuance, nuance, and and things that make it worth listening to. I I just think there's a a gap in our catch-up. You know how how do we grapple when things are so rapidly changing? 
that's just what yeah. I know I'm dealing with that. And I know that's generational bias. Um, it's, it's all about the lens. I think it would be great to hear. I would love to hear what Ben has to say about it. Oh, he's raging right now. That's not what I said at all. Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> what are hey, you talking hey, about vinyl for? <laughs> hey guys, I, I listened to your podcast. I have some thoughts. <laughs> Let me put on my beanie cap. And... <laughs> so I played basketball early this morning. So I'm a little tired. <laughs> But then I drove past a donut shop that was baking, and I just feel a little lightheaded. So, if we could start now and be done by eight thirty, that would be great. So I'd like to begin at eight and finish before seven fifty nine. All right, all right. We got one more message from Ben. He's only at three. This is the fifth one. Son of a bitch. No plan. Well, you you sound surprised. (laughs) No, I sound pissed. All right, here we go. A question that I think I heard of thinking about (laughs) to these days people who are in their politics compared to back then. Back when? Back when, Ben? (laughs) There is more fear than ever before about being an advocate for what's right even though this is the same fucking one from before it's <laughs> it a goddamn soundbite what is the idea of scrutiny we're not going to analyze because it again I know we can easily say that the idea of scrutiny has to do is with this the same one it's the same fucking one oh well fuck him alright <laughs> you know <laughs> done and when John Lewis marched uh, <laughs> with Martin Luther King was that really the same one it's the same fucking uh, one. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, fuck yeah. you, Ben. We're not going to listen to him more than we have to. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Were funny. we funny tonight? No. <laughs> uh, occasionally. occasionally. Did we solve any problems? Well, we never solve any problems, but I think we... We... We explored topics, um, good and bad, that... Uh, your generation, my generation, Ben's generation, based differently. I think that was his point all along, is how our generations face the same problems differently. So in your generation, it was the Red Scare. It was uh, Russia, uh, communism coming to affect you. My generation, it was the war on terror. Mm-hmm. His generation is, we don't fucking know where the next war is. <laughs> like it's everyone's fucking, fucking crazy. Um, fucking public shootings. Yeah. Or maybe domestic maybe a, a domestic terrorism thing. Political uh, extremism in our own country. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more than all those other things, to be honest with you. Um. Well, no, I, I, I don't. I don't think that's kind of fair to say that because. But I, let me just say this. I've still binge watching Handmaid's Tale, so my bias is just my fucking racism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, anybody, anytime like, somebody looks at me wrong, I'm like, fucking Gilead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think um, your generation, it was an existential threat. It was something coming outside to come get you guys 
Mine was, it was easy to rally around a singular yep. thing. My generation was there's an enemy that's unseen that could be part of your community. Mm-hmm. Where generation is it Z? X? Y? Z. Z. Okay. Gen Z. Uh, Gen Z generation is that its own society could flip on it. It's the extremists within mm-hmm. it that could be the threat. And I think that's different. And the media is different from our generation, my generation, his generation. But it's the same as well. You know, you, you still have the same uh, talking point. You still have the same fear mongers. You just have to recognize what's actually true. You were looking at me with dead eyes. <laughs> Look, I'm. The, the, it's, the common thread. It's fucking all ten this. o'clock, dickhead. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> the, the common thread through all this is the average white male perspective through all these generations. <laughs> right. Yeah. This well. is what we think. We think vinyl's cool. <laughs> yeah. Like you need totally like listen to like the seven minute track. I know the. Two minute tracks on the radio, but if you put it on vinyl in seven minutes, that's where society really comes together. <laughs> if I could meet Martin Luther King, I'd say, Man, well, I'm on your side, trust me. Right, but I have some questions, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we all are potheads. <laughs> and the generation heard... before us were potheads, and the generation before that were just alcoholics, period. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's very true, but that's what we can. Uh, that's what we give. That that's our gift to society. Yeah. So when we sit in our fucking basement, Ben, to our fifty listeners, this is what we give: <laughs> a white man's opinion on the state of affairs. <laughs> uh, so with that, uh, Ziegler, what, what have you uh, what have you learned today? Um, that, uh, oh, do you want a, a Trump trading card? I don't, actually. Okay. There are some people in my, uh, family that would. There's people in everybody. We should, you, you know what we should do? Is we should, uh, send Ben some trading cards. As he's going up to Lima, Ohio. We should. <laughs> we sh- Can we put the trading cards on Lima? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Does that shit work? Where on the blockchain is that? <laughs> You'll get them in November next year. <laughs> and he, you literally have to go pick them up at the store. <laughs> yeah, right? NFT lamb. <laughs> yeah. And I, I bet the people in Lima would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. I'll, I'll pick it up. <laughs> oh, that would be if, like, go to Trump rallies and have, like, a table where you're selling NFT cards on layaway. Dude. We're millionaires now. We, we should totally do that. Fuck yeah, we are. <laughs> that would be great. Oh, I want to do it so bad. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, oh, we're, uh, 
Well, he should be coming here next year. You yeah. really do that. <laughs> and put on, we should put on YouTube. We probably actually get way more listeners and viewers. <laughs> hey, before I forget, are, you said something about being in Twitter jail. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. So we finally got put in Twitter jail. Do you, do you want to know there. why? Oh, I want to know why. Uh, we're not there anymore. Um, we got put into jail. <laughs> Elon Musk tweeted, my uh, pronouns are fire slash Fauci. And I responded, since we don't, we don't understand language anymore, fuck verbs too. They keep invading the capital. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that got you put in Twitter. Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Fuck free speech, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Shit. Elon that Musk, was like lightweight, too. I, I could have been way worse. Oh I thought that was actually kind of funny. It's real funny. You know, a little snarky, a little funny. Um, yeah, but snarky humor gets you put in Twitter down. Yeah. So much being for a free speech um, absolutionist. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we're, we, we were put in last week. We're out now. So come follow us on Twitter. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. see what else can put in. Twitter, yeah. <sighs> that, I, th- I thought that was funny. I thought that was funny, Dave. I thought it was real funny. You actually texted me, proud of you. <laughs> Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, validation. Uh, which gets me thinking, Congress has all this ability right now to pass some really good, modern, antitrust legislation, and they're not, because they're getting a lot of fucking money. So fuck arms. Oh, yeah. Talking to you, Schumer. Talking to you, Schumer. Yep. And Grassley and, uh, oh, did he, um, I'm sorry, guys. I know we've run over time, but did you see that, uh, Kevin McCarthy might not get a uh, speaker of the house? I saw that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Republicans are in like some true disarray right now. They, they really are. I, I, they're kind of torn between, Hey, we're tired of losing, but the base is really strong still. Yeah. And the base is fucking nuts. Yeah. And they're like, ah, They're going to have to err on the side do? of wanting to win, I think. Because the base yeah. is stupid. Oh, oh, they will. I mean, that's politics yeah. to um, right. a degree. I think in the next 10 years, the Democrats are going to find the same thing. We're going to get... Uh, I'm going to make a prediction right now, Dave. All right, make is it. Our, uh, the Democrats are going to go way left, mm-hmm. and they're going to get crazy, too. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. And then we're going to have to decide between winning and values. Ooh. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think in the next 10, 15 years, Bernie Sanders is going to be seen as a moderate. He's gonna be dead. <laughs> oh no, he'll never die. He'll be a robot body just coming up to the Senate, and uh, 
Yeah, he'll he'll live off uh, uh, Donald Trump tears. Mm. Donald, Donald, I need refueling. <laughs> and he'll cry into his little thing and stuff. But um, an but, interesting take. Yeah. Well, politics and ideology shifts. I mean, we we've seen that since the beginning of time. Yeah. So, exactly. Probably a smart prediction. Yeah. So ten, fifteen years. A conservative prediction, actually, because it. That's the natural pendulum. Exactly. So um, we'll be sitting here in uh, my basement. Fuck you, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> with, with five listeners. <laughs> <laughs> listening to our records. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, play that, that Frank Zappa one one more time. I, I... <laughs> Again, the one with the Beatles on it. <laughs> Have you heard it? Have you seen it? <laughs> Uh, no, no, the grooves are worn out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Not even listening. Still out there. What? No, they're not. Never no, been. no, I'm not even listening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we should play Ben one more time. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, this is Ben. The legacy of FDR in his wheelchair.